Blog Talk Radio. spiritual after all he is talking about the most high but anyway um listen i want to thank you again for hanging out with us uh, on this uh episode where we're talking about hebrew israelite perspective on current events brothers and sisters we truly 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 is thankful for another day from the most high and we welcome him to this broadcast We welcome him Into this broadcast We welcome him Into this broadcast As we talk about current events um, Again I'm Brother Seth And um, Again I want to Thank you for your time I really mean it Brothers and sisters I want to remind everybody Get this out of the way quickly To um Follow our shows, follow our shows, follow our shows for a million reasons, okay? Uh, with regards to social media, y'all know how important it is to follow uh, programs, so please, please do that, all right? Um, what does that mean? That means when you go to the blog, 
Talk Radio. If you Google Five Smooth Song Blog Talk Radio, you'll get the page I'm talking about, the website, Blog Talk Radio website. But also add when you Google uh, Five Smooth Songs, so you'll get our page, and then just click on that follow button. You will get messages sent to you anytime we're going to do anything. Um, and while I'm speaking of shows to come and so forth, I want to remind everybody uh, next week. Uh, I will be taking a vacation, and so we're going to have some very popular uh, pre-recorded shows that we'll be playing uh, starting Sunday, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. But I'll be going through Atlanta and Philadelphia and Boston and some places. I may pull, I may take a notion to do a show. And see, this is one of those times you would get a notice. So uh, I'm letting y'all know. Uh, go ahead and follow this show where you'll know what kind of shows are coming at you. I try to tell everybody when it's going to be a pre-recorded show, so I will let you know, but I may do a show in Boston or in Philadelphia, wherever I'm going to be, uh, starting next Sunday. Okay, I'll be gone for a week. All right, so I don't know if I'm going to do a show on the road or not, but follow our show and you'll find out. And that's not a tease. I'm very serious, but it's just, I really am leaving. Uh, I'm going on vacation, and uh, I'll have my laptop with me, and I may just take a notion to do a show in Boston or something, all right? Uh, Philadelphia, I'm going also to Washington. All right? Also, we have over 500 shows. Can you believe it? So what does that mean? If you want to tune into any of the shows that we've done, please Google, again, Five Swords Song Blog Talk Radio, and on that first result, simply uh, uh, have your pick at over 21 pages of very uh, powerful shows over the years we've had on co-hosts. I guess I probably had probably have had about 25 co-hosts, meaning people that actually was on the show for a while, not just a caller here and there. And so just just go back through the years, and, and these individuals just as serious as the individuals today, and they poured their hearts out just like individuals do today, and the Most High came through and spoke many words, many people delivered, many testimonies. This is when I would get more emails and so forth. And to be very honest, even early on, we had shows that range in the thousands. I don't know if it's because I was new to blog talk. I don't know. But I know our most popular show, Brothers and Sisters, is called um, How Should We Live as Israelites Today. That one uh, have over 9,000 views. Now, there are some other shows where it was just myself talking about various things, leprosy and so forth. Those shows were very close, some 8,000 or 7,000 views, uh, listens. So go back, not because of popularity, because some shows that may not have been that high, may only had a 1,000, but it may be something that you need, brothers and sisters. So please, please, again, Google Five on Blog Talk Radio and just go through the different topics and be blessed. Be blessed, be blessed, be blessed, because those shows were dedicated to the Most High, and I was seeking His will just as much as I am today, if not more. And uh, do not uh, underrate shows that's in the past because we were serious and had a lot of co-hosts. I've had a lot of, excuse me, a lot of guests on that were really uh, different types of guests, uh, from bishops to people, um, influential people from Israel, from all over the country. Have people calling from all over the world, uh, and I do mean all over the world. We've had people call from the UK, Philippines, 
Now go back and enjoy some of those older shows, all right? Again, over 500 shows. And share these shows when they're a blessing to you. Why on God's green earth, I don't understand why a lot of y'all will enjoy these uh, programs. But you won't share them. Folks, if it's a blessing to you or yours, meaning you heard something that really resonated with you, you checked in the scriptures, and it blessed you. Folks, if you hear some on the Five Swing Song Network that bless you, please share it with others. Don't just hoard the blessings to yourself, brothers and sisters. It's hard to find truths. I'm not going to say it's hard, but yeah, I would say it's hard because there's a lot of things going on today. And it's hard to find things that's, number one, relevant to you and yours. And, and, and it's another whole challenge to find things that's, uh, that'll work, that'll literally break yokes in your life, set you free, make you free. And I'm talking as though I got it all together. A lot of times when we come on these broadcasts, we sound like we're just so perfect. That's not your brother. That is not your brother. I'm just a gentleman with the blog show. And I've invited others to come on. We just try to talk about things we know for sure that have made us free and that we think will make you free. It's just that simple. Don't always agree on doctrine. But there's many things we do agree on. And some of you may identify with more co-hosts than others. Just try to gel best we can and put out work, put out ministry. Be a mouthpiece, if you will, for the Most High. That's all I'm interested in, brothers and sisters. That's what I'm trying to do because I recognize one day Most High is going to call me home. And I want to be able to say that I tried my best to serve people and treat people with respect as I look for people to do the same to me. That's it. That's the Five Swiss Tone Network, brothers and sisters. And the little engine that could try our best to put out truth and make you free. Okay? It's not for everybody. Some of y'all know far more than us. That's fine. Perhaps the most I use you to do the same thing in your world, just to put out the truth that you've come to know and uh, make people free. All right, brothers and sisters, tonight is, again, current events. Current events. What's going on with you and yours uh, uh, with regards to current events? And that could, could mean international uh, news. That could mean... Uh, news as it relates to your country or uh, that could mean news as it relates to your state your city or even your home and even things that's going on inside of you because things that are going on inside of you is is definitely events right that's the most important thing what's going on inside of you because what's going on whatever's going on inside of you brothers and sisters, I guarantee you it's going on with many people in this nation what nation are you talking about brother Seth I'm talking to the listeners uh, from various nations, uh, but these shows, as you know, is primarily uh, dedicated to the people we call Israel or who uh, we believe African Americans are, 
uh, it's targeted to them first and foremost and to those other Jews or Israelites scattered at the four corners. Shows is dedicated to them. But we also invite everybody to listen in and to be blessed by the information going forth because most of the time, if the Most High is in, uh, let me just say it like this, all of the time we are trying to get away from the Most High. And if the Most High is speaking, he ain't just speaking to just little old Israel. So while these shows may dedicated to the Israelites, the Jews, and the Most High speaks through us, it's for anyone to learn. If nothing else, you're dealing with these people, coming uh, to other ethnic groups, talking to other ethnic groups. Uh, the Most High is dealing with you. Uh, and uh, then you... Let me say it like this. If you're dealing with these people, so-called African-Americans or any Israelites or Jews throughout the four corners, you need to know you're dealing with them because the Bible promises promises a special blessing to those that be a blessing to these people and a special cursing to those that curse them. So the last thing you want to be is, is uh, in the midst of Israelites and not having a clue. And you may be confused enough to be persecuting them. So that's why we talk about things like white supremacy, because some of you is literally persecuting these people and don't know because you're under the spell of white supremacy. You listen to other people talk about who we are, and you have that disrespect that a lot of the world have for, for these people because you listen to the wrong people. So, again... Whatever the Father is doing on the earth should be your business, even if it's directly, not directly dealing with your people. Again, I'm talking to other ethnic groups listening in on this network. A very serious, very, very, very serious about the work of the Father and what he is doing with this little nation, uh, or should I say huge nation, Israel, that's scattered up the four corners. We know that all of them won't be salvaged. You understand that. But at the same time, we know that a remnant will be. And you had better know your local Israelite. <laughs> better know you're dealing with folks. I'm not trying to be uh, curse nobody or, or speak something in existence that's not there. Most I promises blessings on those that bless his people and, the, and those of special cursing on those that curse his people. Maybe I get that Bible verse a little later on if I get a minute. Tonight, there's a good chance I'll be going solo like I was on Sunday, which I do by design. Uh, Sunday night shows is Brother Seth and myself, uh, founded the Fossils on Network, talking about my book um, on white supremacy. But so we've been doing that for the last, I guess, eight shows on Sunday. Go into all types of things, how uh, proving how white supremacy is a religion. It's a religion. It's a religion. It literally takes uh, everything you know to be reality, or everything that really is real, and pervert it. I say this philosophy, this this group of lies. The first of all, the name of the books. The name of the book is The Systemic Lives of White Supremacy Are Our World's Ruling Religion. And so, brothers and sisters, 
Um, that's what we're doing on Sunday night, okay? And then on Monday night, of course, tonight, I'm just going on the schedule really quickly. Um, on Monday night, what we do is we do this thing where we talk about the Hebrew Israelites' perspective on current events, which is what's happened tonight. And then on Thursdays, brothers and sisters, we are uh, open, uh, open discussion, open forum. That's what we like to call it. So that's our weekly schedule. But remember, Sunday, this coming Sunday, your brother Seth, and for those that's coming in, popping in late, we'll be going on vacation. So it's a good chance Sunday, Monday, and Thursday shows maybe a pre recorded show. What does that mean? That means I'm going to find the very best show and I'm going to have it playing at the time for my real scope, well, my normal programming would be. Or I may decide to do the show on my vacation uh, in Philadelphia or Washington or wherever I'm going to be uh, over in that East Coast uh, corner. All right? i like to talk a little bit about uh, the purpose of this network, what I'm trying to accomplish, what I have accomplished, and uh, I know this is current events, we'll get into that, but I just want to, some are new to this network, You've been, I've gotten some new callers, new listeners, and I try to do this every 10 shows where I talk about the purpose of the name how it came about and what we're trying to do who am I these things I try to do every 10 shows because some people listen and um, I just like to do it again for uh, just to be um, a force to be reckoned with number one uh, for clarity for people to know exactly who we are who we're not what we're trying to accomplish what we're not trying to accomplish so this is why we do this every 10 shows all right. So here it goes, brothers and sisters. And uh, got a little bit of Malachi in the background. Hope this brother's still recording because this is a powerful song he put out saying, Leave Me to Zion. We'll turn down just a little bit. Anyway, I'm Brother Seth. And uh, Father called me to the ministry in the early 80s, brothers and sisters. And uh, I had thought originally what that meant was just to simply preach the gospel and win souls. Wasn't really aware of the, the the uniqueness of the fivefold ministry as of yet. Just felt like I was called to preach, just like a lot of young ministers uh, think. But wouldn't find out later, till almost ten years later, what the message was. Having been raised in a, uh, a multiracial environment, uh, Prayer Faith Temple, first integrated church in Fort Worth, uh, I saw a lot uh, with regards to race dealing with whites, and um, most I had some for me, and I didn't even know. So he began to use, you know, I heard T.L. Austin say once, the Father will call you out of what you've been through. Oftentimes you be called to do what you have been delivered out of. What do you think of that, brothers and sisters? 
sipping on some coffee here. Y'all bear with me. It's going to slow it down all the way. Like I said, it's going to be myself most likely tonight. We'll see who joins me, but I know at least for this first hour, it's going to be myself. Just like it used to be for the first, what, 200 shows? Actually, probably two years. But anyway, brothers and sisters, I didn't know what it meant to be called. I knew that I answered the call. Very spiritual. I remember it like night and day. I just got fired off of the job. Uh, this is back in the time when I used to talk with Karen Clark every day. Uh, and, it, and it literally was that time because I talked to her like every day for about, I guess, uh, three or four months, something like that. And uh, and it was around that time. I had nothing to do with her. Actually, I was talking to another person. And uh, when it hit me, what hit you, Brother Seth? I was wondering why I just got fired from being a night auditor at the Americana Hotel, very prestigious hotel, the number one hotel in Fort Worth at the time. And I was an uh, inspiring, uh, aspiring night auditor and excited about my job, excited about everything about it. I wore this Botany 500 suit, uh, which is the probably most expensive suit that they give you as far as a uniform. But it was a really nice, prestigious job. So I, wore, I was trying my best to learn it. I got fired. And I remember questioning the father, like, why would you allow this to happen to me? I seek your word. I'm always... Uh, always seeking you out and I didn't understand it didn't make no sense uh, um, and the father showed me this was not your journey and I remember the only reason why I was in accounting because I went to my counsel's office in, in Poly High School and sat down with him and, and said to him hey and I noticed this current events again I'm just going to Talk a little about the purpose of the show, then we're going to get into some, some current events. So, brothers and sisters, please, because this actually is a current, this actually does affect many of you in, in uh, needing to see the Father in your life. This is a time the Father showed me in my life and really directed me, and I can't give you a better testimony as far as what or who can lead you in the middle of these current events. So don't think it don't tie in. It really does. Basically, what we're trying to do on current events is talk about some of the challenges in our world, news, that is, and things going on, and then talk about how the Father can deliver us. So this definitely ties in the current events. So in high school, I went to my counselor, Mr. Shroud, I think that was his name, and in Poly High School, and he opened up the Book of Careers, and it was my time to go see him. And uh, as you know, accounting starts with the A. So he asked me, I don't know if there was anything above it, I think it was the first thing. And I said, well, I don't know nothing about what, the, what accounting is. Is it something like accounting? He said, well, kind of. He began to explain to me what accounting was, and I told him I liked math. And, and that's really how I got into accounting, just simple and plain, uh, brothers and sisters. And so <laughs> I began to take bookkeeping and really liked it and felt like this was my thing. Went and told my mama, this is what I want to do. I want to be a bookkeeper. I didn't know even to say accounting at the time. I think I first thought saying bookkeeper. And eventually I learned about accounting and about, then I went on to college and uh, majored in accounting. Did real well. Um, even got third place in accounting concepts. 
for the state of Texas and got to fly to Minneapolis, Minnesota and represent Texas at a national convention uh, with regards to accounting. Well, actually, it was Office, Office Education Association. Make the long story short, it landed me a job at uh, as Americana Hotel as a night auditor. Got fired, damn why. And the father, again, uh, after a conversation, talking to a friend of mine, uh, Robin, uh, father said to me, and I know he did, brothers and sisters, because just watch how all this transpired. You'll see what I mean. But it was like this knowing in my spirit, I never called you to be in accounting. And I'm on the phone talking to her, trying to figure out why. And I don't know if I was crying or not, but I was pretty pretty work, pretty emotional. And, uh, oh, hold on, brothers and sisters. I was talking, yeah, I was talking to Robin, but before I was talking to my friend of mine named Robin, I was talking to a lady that ran for office in Fort Worth. She was running for city council. I can't think of her name. Mark, I can't, Byers. I can't think of her name. But anyway, she was running for uh, city council. And she was, I told her what happened. And, and, and she said, well, have you ever thought about being a minister? She said, well, Seth, what do you like? I thought I told her what happened to me. She said, well, well, Seth, I'm sorry for your loss. Sorry, you know, you have to go through this. And she said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I don't know. You know, I thought I lost this job. I said, I don't know. I just, I know I like helping people. And I know I like the Word of God. I like sharing the Word of God. It gave me a good feeling whenever I would talk about the Scriptures to people, especially if they was uh, able to see some of the things that I was sharing and be blessed by it and which a lot of people at that time was blessed by my understanding of scriptures, and and uh, they would go and share with others, and that was a blessing to see people blessed by my understanding of those scriptures back then. And we're talking about around 1980. Uh, this happened around 82. Okay, this happened in 82, to be exact. And so she said, "Have you ever thought about being a minister?" And I went, "Oh no," that's my exact words. "Oh no." No, that's not what I want to do, uh, Martha, uh, Martha Byers. I said, no, Miss Byers, that's not what I want to do. And she said, well, you know, I don't know. You may just there may just be something you should think about. I said, yeah. And I'm like, lady, please get off that because I had ran from that. It was prophesied three times by ministers at Prayer Faith Temple, setting me on their knee as a young boy, talking to me and saying before everybody, God is going to use this young man. Uh, to take his gospel, and I remember saying, you know, like to the world and just different things they would say, and I just really blocked all that out of my mind for years because I despise them doing that. I really despise it. Number one, I wanted them to do other kids like that. Why just me? Because oftentimes when they did it, it was just me. They would call They may have had other, other kids up there, I think about it, but I just didn't like what they said to me. I really didn't want to. It seemed like I was this special person, and I didn't like that. I honestly, honestly, and I'm going to tell you how much I didn't like it. You know, see, even when I'm called, I didn't like wearing ties. and It's just always been a part of me not to favor preaching. It's just all, everybody know me, know that's how I started off. Okay, so those of you that say, oh, you like to talk, I may like to talk, but I definitely like being no minister. So, and, I, and this will prove here uh, as I talk on again, who am I? 
A lot of you have asked that question, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that before we get to current events. Brothers and sisters, so I remember when she said, have you thought about it a minute? She said no. And then immediately as she was talking, the movie started in my head. Every single time it was prophesied that I was going to be a minister came forth in my head. It's almost like somebody says, sit down, as as she was talking. And when I hung up from her, I think I hung up from her because of what she was saying. I remember like this movie playing, and it was all those prophecies came up in my spirit. And it wasn't that. It was just, it was... Uh, it was like the, that revelation, you know, the Bible talked about how the Holy Spirit manifests itself in nine, nine different uh, gifts. One of them is a, a, a gift of knowledge. It's like that gift of knowledge came from me, and I knew beyond a shadow of doubt, brothers and sisters, that that is what the Father was telling me, that this is what I call you for. And you got away from me getting in accounting. Because in high school, I was rebellious, and I just went to that counselor's office just, you know, Make the long story short, I recognize this wasn't just me remembering preachers saying you're going to be called and God's going to take you here and there. It wasn't just that. It was a word of knowledge that came over me by the Spirit because I was very close to the Father at the time and a baby Christian. And, folks, I knew beyond a shadow of doubt that that was his calling. Now, a lot of you don't understand spiritual things. You don't. It's okay. I don't understand everything either. You probably understand many things I don't I don't understand, but I promise you, when you get that knowing in your knower, when the Father really reveals something to you and you and, and you know it, there's nothing like it. I mean you'll you'll be more certain of that thing that he's showing you than your own name. It's a word of knowledge and it's powerful. And it don't have any doubt in it. I knew beyond a shadow of doubt that the Father was calling me back or calling me into the ministry or reminding me of who I was. Again, three different ministers, didn't know each other, came through Parfait Temple. And I don't remember any other young men laying hands on they did that too. I hated it. It's like, call somebody else. Call my brother too. Call, you know, my other little brother. You know, why Why me? You know, it just, it just it's pressure on me. And then I felt they weren't real happy, had low self-esteem, didn't like how I looked. It was just not very comfortable. So I, I ran from it. So I remember going to the living room there with Dan Wallace, staying with Dan Wallace. You know, some of y'all know him. He used to be a co-host on the show. And uh, <laughs> I was in the living room, and I was trying to unreason it out and, they try to, you know, try to run away from like, oh, that didn't just happen. But, no, I couldn't deny what just happened. Make the long short story short, I took this to my pastor, and he wasn't on board because I wasn't a coaching uh, trained. I wasn't hooping, and I wasn't emotional, and I didn't worship the Father like that. And, and I think that's why he really didn't want me going down that road. And you make the comment, there's no money in it. But I wouldn't listen to a word he said as far as him discouraging it because I knew beyond a shadow of doubt 
that whatever that man said, Mosai had called me. Now, he can instruct me on how to enhance that calling, but I wasn't going to allow anybody to talk me out of that at that moment because I knew that was of the most high. I knew it. It wasn't something I desired, but I knew that I had to do this thing. Again, it was spiritual brothers and sisters. So eventually I stayed there for a while, but, again, he wasn't welcoming. He wasn't rude or anything. He just... Even when I, on the first day when I my first day my first message, he tried his best to kind of belittle me, you know, by telling me button up my jacket because I was a younger guy, ministering. He was older, and he just kind of just he just never really embraced me. Play a little music in the background here, brother. He never really embraced me. So what do you do? What do you do? Your own pastor don't endorse you. So I had to find out uh, how to walk out this thing. So I ended up going to another church by the name of Holy Tabernacle. Uh, Pastor Robert Sample, now Bishop Sample. At the time, I tell you the time frame, this is the time frame where actually Tamla Mann went there. I'm only mentioning her because most of y'all know who she is. And uh, if I mention some other names, you won't know who they are. But Carrie Robertson's, the Robertson's was there. Joe and Kathy Davis. And this was that era where Tamla was young and shy singer. She would come and visit us from time to time a lot. All right? Make the long story short, Pastor, pa- Bishop, Pastor Sample now, Bishop Sample, loved him some brother Seth. Because he, too, was like I was. He wasn't a hooper. He was interested in teaching people. He was a non-emotional preacher. He'd get emotional, but not to the degree that a lot of Kojic ministers do, hooping and hand behind the ear and all that. But he loved him some Brother Seth, and I loved me some Pastor Sample. I even went over his house and and so um, had some fellowship that way. Um, and so just to speed it up a little bit, bringing up to the Five School Stone Network. I ended up getting married, and I left Pastor Sample Church because even though he wasn't Kojic, he still had some of the fragments of Kojic. And, and to be very honest, I was a victim of white supremacy. Um, somebody invited me to Calvary, this predominantly white church, and just being a victim of white supremacy and thinking white people were better, I ended up moving. And going, uh, me and my wife, I was married back then. I've been married twice. Uh, we went to Calvary and uh, experienced a lot of racism there, subtle racism, but nevertheless racism, but I also learned a lot, a whole lot, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to move to Calvary, because those people were full of the word, and i never seen people walk in that kind of authority and say the things they say, and this is why I learned a whole lot about the Father's word, Holy Spirit, it was at Calvary, no shade on Kojic, but the teaching wasn't there for me. So anyway, but again, like I said, I got a lot of white supremacy as well, okay? So while at Calvary, brothers and sisters, I began to start seeing racism and seeing some things and learning some things, uh, higher level, higher devil, I guess, you know, if, if I can even say higher level. 
because Kojic had a lot of truth too. But it was just some bondages there, some things that our people are yet stumbling over with regards to poverty mentality, a lot of things, okay? But uh, it doesn't mean that there not there isn't deliverance and, and freedoms in some areas at Kojic that Calvary wasn't walking in. So make the long story short to fast forward everything, speed everything up. In 1991, years later, I end up moving from uh, Texas to Ohio. But before I left, I had flew up to, uh, I had heard people say, and I don't know who was first, but somebody was saying that African Americans were Israelites. And I saw this flyer on the on somewhere, and I began to read it. Intrigued me. I got a hold of the person. They was in San Jose, California. Now, I did meet my wife. Uh, in, the, in the middle of all of this And I thought I took this little side row I did meet my wife in 1980 We have the year now around 88 87 1987 Kenneth Copeland As you, many of you know where I'm going with this Because I do normally t- talk about this uh, On the previous shows How in 1987 um, The father Uh uh, was speaking through his people, his uh, ministers, that God is getting ready. Use the black man. He was going to use the black man like never before. And the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. This was a powerful word going forth uh, in the churches. Again, that the, the father was getting ready to use the black man like never before. The first, and the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. That was the word. The father getting ready to use the black man like never before. And the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. That was the word. And so I shouted at their convention along with thousands, and we're talking about at least 20,000 other people, cited. All right? But then between 87 and 88, the father would do something that would really floor me. I'd already begin to see racism a little bit, um, well, well, this is when I actually seen racism at Calvary, this this time frame. So between 87 and 88, I begin to, it began to be clear the racism that I thought I would maybe see at uh, Calvary. And God, the most I began to show me some things about white people and how there's a lot of times when uh, a good, so-called good white people are, are hindering you from going forth, they'll say, God is getting ready to do this again when they are trying to stop you from going forth or they have an evil heart uh, where it relates to you or so-called black people uh, sins of the heart sometimes it's conscious sometimes it's not unconscious but they'll say God is getting ready to do God is getting ready brother or sister the most high is going to raise you up one day you're going to lead us white people or something like that they always put it in the future they buddy you up, buddy you up, but they always put it in the future versus giving you what is rightfully yours right now. So this is what I was getting at Calvary. God is getting ready. God is getting ready. God is getting ready. And not just at Calvary, but I was seeing this in the church globally. So 88, Kenneth Copeland does the same thing. He says God is getting ready to use the black man like never before. And the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. But this time, 
I didn't rejoice. He went on to say, I got something to tell you. This true story, brothers and sisters. I got something to tell you black people, but I can't tell you right now. Can you believe that man said that? I got something to tell you. And when I tell you, he said, you're going to shout something to the effect that y'all going to tear up this convention. Y'all going to just rejoice. Something along those lines. Again, I saw this as racism. You know, the Father showed me. It's almost, I call it a gospel of delay. That's what I call it. It's like good news, but for later, not now, not now. It might as well say, go sit down, nigga, and be quiet. I mean, it might as well say that because that's how I feel. So, brothers and sisters, this is what happened in 1988. I left that convention very sad. And I cried out to the Most High. I mean, I cried out to the Most High. Not with tears, but probably was. I don't remember. I just remember being broken and sad because I recognized a lot of these people that I held high, too high, these white males, was practicing white supremacy, trying to stifle or impede our growth as a people. And I was brokenhearted. So I asked the Father five questions. Here we go. Here we go. I brought all this up to say how we got this five from Stone Network. So I asked the Father five questions. Number one, what's with you using a black man? And I don't think it was in this order, but I'm pretty sure that was the first one. What's with you using the black man? I mean, if a white man seeks you, you're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna speak to him because he's white. So is this racism, Father? Is these people toying with us? And again, brothers and sisters, I'm just going over uh, kind of an intro to the Five Smithsonian Network. A lot of the co-hosts have not come on, and, and so I'm deciding to do this solo. I will bring on uh, uh, them later as they come on, all right? So we're just talking about the purpose of the Five Smithsonian, how it all got started as we talk about current events. Again, I'm going to show you, hopefully show you Holy Spirit is on there that can show you exactly the Father's hand in my life early on uh, so that as you go through these current events and current challenges in our news we remember hopefully this testimony that I'm sharing how the Father can come through because this was current news back in the day in my life and how the Father came through, so again this is how we got the Five Song Network and then the second half Hopefully we'll get some co-hosts. I think we have one join us just now. And the second half after the break, we'll talk about some current events. So got another 15 minutes of this, and then we'll talk about uh, current events, brothers and sisters. So, again, um, I asked the father, what's what you use in a black man? It sounded racist. Are these people toying with us? Or are they, are they just, you know, again... Is this a gospel of delay, I call it, uh, where they just putting off, putting off, putting off because they don't want to give you what is rightfully yours, just another form of racism. And I also ask the Father, what's going on? What's going on? I keep hearing of things called New World Order. Actually, back then they called it One World Government. I kept hearing of this thing called, um, uh, 
One World Government, I heard of something back then. We're talking about 1988. I kept hearing uh, that there's uh, secrets, uh, uh, that the news we're hearing is not the true news. I was also hearing that that there's secret societies. And I just want to ask the Father, what's going on? Since I'm no longer listening to white males, I got to be on my own now. So no longer can I turn on the TV and listen to Pat Robinson, Hal, Lund- Hal Lindsey, uh, Hilton Sutton, all these people. I had fell out of love with them. I can't trust them. Can't trust them. Shut them off. 1988, I shut them off. At the same time, brothers and sisters, I met a lady at the convention I would marry by the name of Arlene. Arlene Turner. Arlene Givens at the time. So all this happened in 1988. So I also asked the father... Again, I didn't know certain order. I do think I asked that first one first, but I remember asking him, were there blacks in the Bible? I said, folks are laughing at me um, because I believe Jesus was white. And they're saying Jesus was a black man. And so I asked the Father, were there blacks in the Bible? And uh, I was very serious, brothers and sisters. I thought the father was going to say something like, yes, blacks are here. Over here is another group of people. Over here. So when I talk to people, I can just tell them where everybody go. That's what kind of I thought. But little did I know that he would show me later that that entire Bible is full of dark-skinned people. I wasn't expecting that. For those of you that listen to these shows uh, and you, you're new to the Five Smooths on Network, because that's why we're doing this for you tonight, and you're seeing some shows that sound very controversial, you think we're into hate, just know this is how it all started. I asked the Father, were there blacks in the Bible? No, really. I asked him, were there blacks in the Bible? And I thought he would say, here's a black man here to have cars carried across. It was a, you know... Just where I can, when I talk to, I can just keep universal peace and show everybody where they were in the scripture. That's not what happened, brother and sister. Sorry, not what happened. He began to show me later, and I'll talk about the answer to these five questions. Let me just go to the question. We'll talk about the answers. But that's the answer. That one in a nutshell. But I also ask him, can I understand the Book of Revelation? I can't trust. These white males who do have a relationship with you. I'm, I'm saying it right now. I'm not saying these folks are fake or I don't listen to no white people even today. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I didn't trust them. Were regarded people of color and them teaching about anything the father was saying to people of color. I don't trust them then. I didn't trust them then. I stopped trusting them then. And I no longer trust them today. That's the truth. Can't trust it. That's what the enemy said. To this day, I don't trust white males to talk about the purpose or the destination of a... Hey, can you warm this up, please? If you don't mind, please, please, please. Sorry about that, y'all. I was talking to my wife. She came in and did to ask a favor. But anyway, I don't trust white males to this day with talking about black people's purpose and destination I just don't because I think that's the area where they're weak just like Ken Hagen Ken Hagen teach me about anything 
unless it's relating race, because he don't believe in so-called race mixing. So people struggle. Y'all better be careful. Listen to these. Pe- listen to white males. You gotta understand certain black people. Black people as a whole, there are certain things that they are they the same way. Certain things I can't trust black people to talk about. Different people have different weaknesses. There's some things I don't trust black women to talk about. Certain things I don't trust black males to talk about. We have weaknesses. Satan has conned us into thinking we're in the pitch and hold us into certain groups and certain groups believe certain lies. I don't believe black folks as far as what blackness is and this is what black folks I don't believe that. Okay. I don't believe white people would have to when they talk about them as a people because that that whole construct that whole race based on color is a social construct. So how can God be using a social construct? So I, you have to just be careful with who you listen to and what they're talking about. So anyway, I asked the Father, can I understand the book of Revelation? The last question I asked the Most High was, can I see the world? And I do think that was last. Now, brothers and sisters, the Father, that's just an easy question. Can I see the world? Yes, of course you can. I made the world. So the Father allowed me to see 24 countries, and I think it's because of my heart. Because I talked to other people, and they say, well, I want to see the world. I want to travel, but they didn't. So I don't know. I don't think I'm something more than anybody else, but I know that day when I prayed this prayer, it wasn't like tears of ran out of my eyes. Maybe it was. To be honest, I don't really remember, but I know one thing. I was tired, and I felt used and abused. And, you know, as a baby Christian, when you go through this kind of thing, the Father comes through. He does not play around when his children, his babies, his, his babes go through this kind of pain. Just like when I lost that job as a night auditor, I didn't tell y'all this, but yes, I got fired, and that's what prompted me. That's, that's what prompted me that whole calling that I mentioned earlier about when the father first called me. But did I tell you that everybody had a hand in me getting fired? All of them lost their job. I mean, how how many times can you say that not only did your boss lose his job, but the person that you went to to appeal to this decision lost his job? So my supervisor who spoke out negative against me, lost his job. His boss lost his job. And then when I went over his head to complain, his boss, all those people lost their job. So most I don't play. And I know it, it was him that was dealing with my adversaries. But anyway, number one, to answer these questions that birthed the Five Smooth Stone Network, again, talking about how we got here as a, uh, network for those of you that are new listening, you've been listening to the shows, you know, because I know you're out there. Because blog talk, we, we've seen numbers. Some of y'all in different countries, and you don't know what we're about. So I'm just letting you know. That's all there is. So with regards to God using a black man, Father is not using a black man because he's black. Father using a black man because what he is doing, and thank you, what he is doing in this latter day. A lot of white males, again, I just talked about their weakness with regards to people of color. They're not going to teach it. There's a lot of topics a lot of white people are uncomfortable with, and even a lot of white people that's full of white supremacy, they're also uncomfortable. So a lot of these topics is going to cause a lot. Uh, I think it's causing a great falling away myself, but some people say, no, I don't know about that. So, But I think... 
what the Father is doing right now is causing a lot of people to fall away from the church. Because it's what he's doing. What he is doing is going to be a global thing. And I just think a lot of pastors are going to deal with it. And, of course, if you don't follow the Father, you don't prosper. And I think a lot of churches, that's why a lot of young black males are popping up all over the place with these huge churches. And a lot of them, which we've never seen this before, a lot of their followers are white. We've never seen this before. So the word was true in 1987, 1988, that the father's getting ready to use a black man like never before. The, last is going to, the first is going to be last, and the last is going to be first. Not because they're black, though, but because whoever is obedient, he's going to use. So those white ministers that speak these words that's going to favor, it's really favoring everybody, but just to the carnal mind, it looks like it's favoring black people. So a lot of talk in the churches sound like it's favoring black people. So a lot of white people feeling like it's, it's hatred towards them. Or they feeling uncomfortable around about now because the father is exposing. Such things kind of like this one. Here's a good one. He's exposing who the real Jews are, who the true Israelites are. That that Bible, as I asked the father, what color was the Jew? I mean, what color was his? What color was Christ? Thinking he was just going to... And oh, I, I asked. I didn't just ask what color was Christ. I said, I said, were there anybody in the Bible that looked like me? I can't believe I forgot to say that. But I asked him, what color was Christ, and was there anybody in the Bible that looked like me? So, as the Father began to do what He's doing in the latter days, it's going to become more dark because more people of color won't struggle with this topic, whereas a lot of so-called whites will. And I think this is what's going to cause the great falling away. I believe it, brothers and sisters. I can prove it. A lot of white people are not going to serve under a black pastor. And a lot of whites that serve under white people because of prejudice or racism, and they don't want to deal with this topic, they're not going to prosper. So a lot of your most prosperous churches is headed by dark-skinned people. It's the truth. So fathers not using black men because they're black, or black people. Nope. What's going on? What's going on is the is is we can talk about that for ninety shows. There's no way anywhere I can tell y'all in, in a one-liner, two-liner, three-liner, one minute, five minutes, what's going on. It's just too complicated. We, I tell you this much. You can Google Fives from Stone Blog Talk Radio, uh, uh, New World Order Watch Society, New World Order Watch Society. If you Google those three phrases, you'll get a sample of what I believe is happening in our world. And basically, in a nutshell, there is an elite group of people that have taken over this world. You can vote all you want, and you should vote because your forefathers died for it, but you got to know voting in some elections is just a joke. These folks put in office who they want. People in the White House are just employees to them. It's a powerful group of people that have took over our world, and they only have one rival, and that's the kingdom of the Most High Yah. It's only two real political fronts, New World Order, Kingdom of Yah. New World Order, Kingdom of Yah. So if you're not led of the Spirit, you're probably influenced, controlled by the New World Order. 
And white supremacy is just one little tool that it uses. It's lots of tools that it uses to control man. These are evil spirits working through their people. And this is in the kingdom of Yah, the Holy Spirit working through its vessels. That's the war, brothers and sisters. And if you think you're doing your own thing, you cuckoo. You are in one of those kingdoms, and you're probably in and out of them. But in the spirit, hopefully you're in the you're born again. And so, yes, born again people do enhance our strength of the hand of the evil one. Again, brothers, we're wrapping up here, talking about an intro to the Five Stone Network, and just showing you God's power in my life, how He called me to do this networking. And so hopefully you can see his hand to the degree that will encourage you as you go through uh, these challenges with the current events in your life and knowing that he's going to come through for you as well, okay? So he began to reveal, brothers and sisters, after traveling to these countries, which he authorized me to do, I began to run into people. Here come the miracle side of it. Here come, Here goes his hand. Here goes something you can hold on to in terms of uh, what he'll do for you and whatever you're going through with your and your current events. It does tie in. Well, the Most High begins to reveal to me uh, these powerful groups of people and their secrets. Yes, there's a lot of secrets, and it's mostly held by so-called whites because that's who Satan is using. He don't care for them either, but he's using this league group of people they're the smallest in numbers, 8% of the world's population, according to the United Nations. Some people say 10, but it's no more than a 10, no less than 8. This group of people, he basically gives his power to insight, secrets into how to control the masses, especially if the masses is not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They just pray. And so these, this little group of people out of uh, Europe, you know, basically I seize control of the world through Satan, not their intellect. I do not buy into white supremacy. For me to say that they're doing it on their own is to say I think they're superior. They are not superior. They're just mere men, but they are empowered by Satan. And Satan allowed to do what he's doing because the Father has lifted his hand of protection from the earth because of their rebellious against him, especially Israelites first Israelites. So he called this nation from the north. Jeremiah 16 talks about 16 and 16, I think it is, talking about how the Father called all of the families of the north down to Jerusalem to utter his judgment, to utter his judgment, to utter his judgment against them and all the surrounding cities. So these folks not only took Jerusalem, Jerusalem, but the surrounding cities and they began to take over the world. Okay, in a nutshell, that's what's going on in our world. It's a, a, a serious warfare between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Understand the book of Revelation. The Father granted all types of insight into the book of Revelation as I asked them. Um, I no longer believe America is some God-blessed country. America is Babylon, I believe it. And I believe um, she is that hole that straddles the water, who the nation have she had made him drunk with her wine. I think her wine, part of her wine is white supremacy. She had made the nations drunk. Nobody can see clear after white supremacy. I mean, these folks go out throughout the whole earth rearranging and redefining 
everything. How you figure that's not going to make the nations drunk? So nobody can see clearly because of white supremacy, brothers and sisters. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God help us all. That's what's happening in our world. So these five questions was answered, and the topics are as follows. We talk about the Five Smooth Stone Network. Number one, we talk about white supremacy. Okay? Just basically say it's like a pair of eyeglasses given to the world that people are wearing, and they never see things the same or the way it was originally because of these lies, this false balance, this abomination we call white supremacy, which is nothing more than a religion. Also, we talk about leprosy. If these are the people uh, saying they're superior and saying they're the first and redefining their place in life and st- then who are they, brothers and sisters? We talk about how they are recessive people, recessive, uh, they are Africans uh, uh, that had a recessive trait, a white skin, and became a mighty nation. This is covered in the Leviticus, in, uh, excuse me, uh, Leviticus 13. Uh, I come out of with the revelation of leprosy. Can't get into it now, won't get into it now, because we, we, got, we got to take a quick little break. We'll come back and talk about what's happening with uh, on our earth. Pretty much. All right. So leprosy. Who are they then, brother? Said. Uh, who are they? They're black folk. They 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 nothing more than Africans. I mean, at one point, you know, there wasn't a Europe period. Nobody was up there. Where do people come from? I tell white people all the time, you're not from Italy. You're not from France. You're not from uh, uh, Russia. Where y'all from? Not in a condescending, disrespectful way, but I let them know everybody come from Africa. Okay. So leprosy talks about that. Then we talk about something called the One World Government. I just covered that pretty much, talking about the New World Order and this this rival uh, group against the kingdom of God, the most powerful people on the earth. And they are powerful, brothers, just because they've tricked mankind into giving them their will. And once we will to do something, even God Almighty himself is limited. And so the war is for the humans, human being will. And these people have tricked us into giving their will, and so we've deceived a lot of us by them. And the Father is limited. Yes, he is. He's limited because the authority in the earth he's given to man. And as long as we stay under this, this deception, they will rule the new world order. But thanks to, to uh, uh, groups like Fossil Stone Network and other churches by the thousands, it's a lot of churches teaching the truth. Yes, it is and other uh, institutions that is uh, revealing uh, these lies, these strongholds, and people are switching, taking their will, and choosing the most high. Yes, they are. So we talk about, so far I mentioned white supremacy, I mentioned leprosy, I uh, mentioned um, the Hebrews. No, I didn't. Uh, the last one we talk about is who are the people in the Bible, the Hebrews, which I've already hit that a little bit. So those are the five topics, brothers and sisters. We're going to take a little break. We'll be back to talk about things that's happening with you and yours. Again, I'm Brother Seth just kind of winging it. Uh, again, uh, joined only by one co-host. Well, he actually left as well. So uh, yeah, just... Just pray for us as a network, you know. Uh, a lot of people are busy, and a lot of people just don't have time. And 
lot of people come on and feel like, you know, it's anyway, let's just let's just take a little break, brothers again, uh, brothers and sisters. This is a very old song. My goodness. And uh Yeah, this is by James Cleveland. I want to play this old song cuz it means so much to me. I've been talking about the calling the Father gave me uh, and so this is going to line up because back then this is what I would listen to as a young believer. And I mean, even back then this was an older song that my mother then was listening to. Maybe you can, uh, 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 maybe you'll enjoy it as well as we take the little break and I reboot my computers uh, and get me something to drink and more here. All right, we'll be right back, brothers and sisters. Again, you're tuned to the Five Song Network. Well, we've been talking a little bit about how we got started and so forth and, and what the Five Sweet Stones is all about. We'll be right back.
there you have it, brothers and sisters. Again, that's James Cleveland. I appreciate that song have been so, so, so important to me early on. I mean, I probably would save, I don't know, two or three years, and I just, that was my song. Just because I was so appreciative of the Father doing all he was doing. My life changed so harsh, so quick. So much went from worse, worse, worse to good, best, 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 or good, 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 or how well you want to word it, but I was just so appreciative in that song. Anyway, brothers and sisters, I want to thank you again for your time. Talking about current events tonight. Uh, what's happened with you and yours? Uh, if you're on the phone lines, you want to bring up any things that's current in your life, press 1 and come on. Not a problem. If you're on the ch- in the chat room and you want to chat about anything happening, anything happening in your life, please feel free to do so. All right? Just again, want to remind everybody, I know I keep saying it, but uh, starting Sunday, I'm going to be going on vacation, and I don't know if I'm going to do a re- pre-recorded show or if it's going to be um, live. If I could do another live show, probably where I'm feeling right now, uh, probably I'll just do a pre-recorded show, pre-recorded show for Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. But again, this is why I'll ask y'all to follow the show. Well, you can get stuff sent to your email, and you'll see whenever I put a promo out there promoting whatever we're going to do, all right? I'm going to go to the phone lines and bring on a co-host. I see whose hand is up. I think I know what this is. Brother Ella Shure, I think, is in the house. Uh, Brother Ella Shure, your number, your line is open. Go ahead and say hello to the people. Brother, how are you doing tonight? Hey, good evening, Seth. Good evening, everyone. Hope everyone is well and doing blessed tonight. <laughs> So well, brother, I've been talking uh, a lot. I'm sorry, what you say? I didn't catch the last words there. I said, no, I've been listening to the show for the last uh, probably 45 minutes. Yeah, what? any thoughts about that before I get into current events? Uh, I, well, there was a lot of things that you said, um, things that you discovered along the way. Um, you know, with any revelation, I think that the Most High uses our personal experience to amplify what he's trying to convey. And so the things that you experience, I think it's just things that God put in your path to bring you to this awareness of, first of all, what you're called to do and what you're called to address. And I can testify to that myself because, uh, you know, I'm, um, the last part of that journey, um, you know, when I came and I met you at, I think it was President's Health Club. I think it was in the year 1985 or 86. And so from there forward, you know, uh, I've witnessed a great deal of what you spoke about <laughs> and can testify, you know, to the truth of it. <laughs> yes, sir? I was just yeah. saying, I was talking away and didn't realize I was muted, but uh, folks just know that a little delay we'd be having, we'd be muting ourselves, and so y'all just be patient. It's part of blogging. Otherwise, you hear a lot of my grandson in the background, but LSU is right. He has been along the way um, in many chapters of my life, and he also has been in many uh, chapters on his blog, Talk Radio. So, LSU, what current events would you... Uh, Anything? Well, first of all, were you done with what you were saying? I don't want to move too fast into current events. Yes, I'm yes, got to flow with the mm-hmm. spirit. Yes, I but was. But yeah, he was with us with the whole 
Revelation, uh, Kenneth Copeland back in the day talking about God is getting ready, and and um, that was in 88, so I had knew him after that. Uh, 87 is 88, in 88 when I met Arlene, I knew LSU, I think, at the time. So, and, uh, but that's what brings us, brothers and sisters. So just know this network is not, I know it's, I know it's social media, I know all the stigma that comes with internet ministry, but we're serious, I'm serious, and I know LSU is serious with our life, we live this thing, and uh, y'all better be careful knocking a lot of these online ministries because a lot of these online ministries are blooming because a lot of a lot of the truth we've been spoke can't be spoke in not just churches but colleges and so forth and so a lot of people are taking it to social media to put out some things and the father is speaking uh the bad thing about social media my wife reminds me about this all the time is a lot of us a lot of people on social media isn't accountable like they are in the churches but What's accountability if you are walking in a religious institution? Not a institution that has a relationship with the Father, but a racist institution. What's being accountable? And there is something good to say about being accountable, brothers and sisters. And I'm not saying everything in a church is racist and nothing like that. I'm not saying every church participates. But I do think every church is in and out of it. But I think some churches uh, have a stronghold. I'm not just talking about white churches. So be careful with talking about being accountable. You've got to be accountable to, to, to the Father uh, in people, not just any old system be accountable to. Because there's racist, racist, straight-up racist churches, and you're talking about being accountable to them. You actually strengthen the hand of the wicked one. And I'm sorry, you get low, you're meeting under the banner of Christ, but if your pastor is, is spewing racism, I'm talking about towards whites or blacks, and you're tied into that thing, you're accountable, you always, he always, you know, you're accountable to him. Like, what is that? So be careful with that whole accountability thing. The Father is going to get out his truth. If you have to do to the Father's own network, he'll do it. And I think y'all see how we try to be accountable to each other and try to not be one over the other. You should hear it in my voice, okay? It's, it's overkill, really. Trying to walk in love towards Brother Kenwin, trying to walk in love towards a Brother Leonard, trying to walk in love towards our white brothers and we bring on this. anybody that come with different views and are, are sometimes they, they they agree with what we're saying. But anyway, Brother LSU, I've been talking a lot. I like to for you to just kind of talk about anything you uh, feel uh, or is in your spirit or in your heart with regards to current events. Uh, we'll do that for the rest of the show. Well, um, the last. I think the last show, last night's show, as a matter of fact, when I called in, as I had told you, I had been, um, uh, you know, just kind of casually, and the Holy Spirit kind of led me to look see some, see some things on YouTube and there with, and there's a main thing that's kind of like, you know, it's like what you said, the most, um, the rave, the trending thing right now is you know, this issue of this album that Beyonce did and that she sampled from Tweaky Clark's music and the particular song that she did um, called Church Girl is very disparaging of actually of young females who attend church and, and basically inciting them to do some very unsavory things, you know, sexual orientation. And um, the thing... Now there's like a number of pastors who are weighing in on it because the thing that um, caused a controversy within the, uh, you know, 
African American Christian ch- church world is that Twinkie called uh, Beyonce or either sent her a tweet or something, uh, thanking her for using the um, the the clip or what have you. And and I guess a lot of people felt, you know, in the church world and also the secular world, that that was like, you know, not the appropriate thing to do because it's like justifying and encouraging people to not have what you said in accountability to the scriptures uh, and accountability to the most high and accountability to righteousness, to live in holiness, because, you know, the Bible says you should know them by the fruit. And what has happened recently in a lot of these churches is that they are allowing secular artists to come in and uh, do certain things where they're before the people like Snoop Dogg made a song, uh, album, a so-called gospel album, but Snoop Dogg has not repented of being a sinner. Um, you know, uh, same thing with Beyonce. And the thing is, is I guess what has been really at the forefront of my thoughts and what I've been praying about and just kind of communing with the Holy Spirit about it is that there's coming about a change. And I'm just hoping that the believers of the Most High, uh, the elect, are attuned to the spirit so that they can be able to make that transition. Because like you spoke about the internet, the Holy Spirit spoke to me a few years ago, probably about four years ago. And he said, learn everything that you can in regards to the internet and online ministries, because it is going to become the rave. And for many people, it's going to be the only outlet or the only source that they can resort to as a resource to hear the word of the Most High, uh, because many, the churches were about to go through a transition to where many churches are going to close up, because what has happened with the Internet is that what that does is that gives people exposure, and that it gives people other voices. And uh, ironically, uh, the title you said as far as the show, The Israelite Panel, it is those people who have actually pushed the envelope and pushed the conversation to say, hey, is what going on? Is what's going on in Christianity? Is it biblical? Is it according to the will of the Most High? Is it consistent with the Word of God? And as a result, people have begun to put the church under a microscope. And sadly, the church is not doing too well. And actually, what I would like to say is not the church doing too well, because when I refer to the church, I make the same reference in regard to the Messiah did when he said when he told Peter to, you know, to feed his sheep and spoke about the church. The church is the ecclesia. It's the called out assembly of the Most High, those who are called out from amongst the world. And that when, and it's a convening of those particular group of people. That's what the church is. Um, many times people take the, the, the meaning of Paul's definition of the church and the Messiah's definition of the church, and they run them as being synonymous, but they're not. Because when Paul is talking about the church, he's talking about the individual born-again spirit-filled believers that we all make up the part of the body of Christ. That's what Paul is talking about, the body of Christ. So um, I'm not speaking indirectly to uh, speaking in regards. There are people who are in the body of Christ, born again of the Holy Spirit, born into the kingdom of God. Those people are the people that when I say the church, they make up the church. But when I say Christianity, I'm speaking in regards to the the religion itself and the religion uh remember 
is just as old as the church. It's actually, matter of fact, the church is 2,000 years old, and the religion of Christianity is 1,700 years old. So, and that is part of the problem because many people, um, as you, me, myself, uh, we are a part of the elect. We are members of the body of Christ. But it's very evident in a that if you listen to us, you know, we're having a conversation, uh, if they call into these shows and listen, we think quite differently. We speak quite differently. We are oriented quite differently spiritually and scripturally than the majority of what you would call Christians. And for that very fact in and of itself, that's why we don't call ourselves Christians. We say that we're believers. And, and what has happened is that the religion, that, that big adder of apparatus uh, religion, especially in the Western world, is now beginning to manifest exactly what it is. It is a religion. And it is that religion take to, uh, that has been utilized, that has brought forth the manifestation of white supremacy on a global scale. It was Christianity that enabled white supremacy to go on a global scale. It was not colonization. Because remember, before there was colonization, there was the missionary work. And it was Christianity that enabled it. And it was Christianity that encompassed white supremacy within religion. Because in the third century, when Constantine uh, basically decreed, took upon the decree of 312, 312 uh, decree of Milan, legalizing Christianity, he basically applied that. And he applied it not because he was born again and spirit-filled, but because he realized that the, that it was spreading in such a way that he could utilize that to unify his empire, the Roman Empire, and that's exactly what he did. And in doing so, he supposedly gave a story, a vision. He had a vision in which he said that he saw a bright light and he saw a cross, and with the cross, he was giving the words "Go and conquer." You know, Christians today will talk about all these religious terrorists. Who, use, who do terrorism in the name of religion, well, if you go back to the origin, the initiation, the beginnings of Christianity, that's what you're going to find out is the case with Christianity because Constantine went about conquering the Western world with the cross in the name of Christ. And Constantine didn't get baptized until he was on his deathbed. And if you go look at the temples in Constantinople, you will find out that most of that was dedication Worship to the sun god And that is what Constantine maintained Because again I uh, repeat he, does, he didn't get baptized Until he was on his deathbed So uh, And the Messiah He actually spoke and gave us a, a, a Prophecy regarding what was going to Take place if you're reading the scriptures Where he talks about the, par- the parable of the Wheat and the tares and the separation of the two uh, as he's referring this to the apostles and speaking to them as a parable, he speaks about that there was a, a, a man who had a field, and he planted seeds in his field, and he went away. And when he came back, he realized that there were weeds, there were weeds alone, and weeds in the form of tares along with the wheat. And his, the apostles asked him, and, and well, not, not, not the apostles, I'm sorry, but the servants asked the master of the land, he says, shall we gather up the wheat? And he said, no, because if you gather up the wheat now, you're going to also gather up the tares. 
And the reason for him saying is that is that the wheat and the tear are so identical in appearance that you cannot distinguish between the two into the time of harvest, which is the present time that we're now living in. And when they asked him who did this, who planted these weeds, the Messiah responded, an enemy did it. And he said he did it while men slept. If you know anything about church history, and for those of you who don't, that's my job to give you whatever information that I can. That's the reason that this show exists, to inform you, to equip you, to prepare you to do the work of the ministry. And one of the things is, is that in the, third, in the first century, after the last apostle was martyred, and those last disciples who actually witnessed the resurrection of the Messiah, after they were dead, they moved the church from Jerusalem to Constantinople. And the people who did that were the Romans. And let us never forget, it was the Romans who killed the Messiah. It was the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Jews who handed the Messiah over to the Romans under a false accusation of blasphemy. But it was the Romans who carried out the assassination, who carried out the crucifixion of the Messiah. So when the scripture says it's an enemy who did this, the one who, who planted the, the, the tares, the one who planted the weeds, the answer to the question, who did this, he said it was an enemy, and that enemy was Rome. And so when we get into the third century, we see that now Constantine has now convened the Council of Nicaea, and within that council, they determine what name they're going to use for the Messiah. They determine what books are going to be, well, initially what books will be in, in the script, within the scriptures, and they also begin to set a unification of belief on doctrine. Now, it's ironic that when you see the compilation of the New Testament, that two-thirds of the epistles, excluding the Gospels, are made up the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul, out of all the apostles, was the only one who was given a specific ministry to the Gentiles. And what many are not aware is that the people who were in the land at the time of this occupation with the Romans, they were Greeks. They were Gentiles. They were from the very people that uh, Moses spoke of in Genesis chapter 10, I think it's verse 3 and 5, where he talks about the descendants of Japheth and how they would occupy the land or the isles of the Gentiles. So in that regard, whose gospel was going to unify them more so than anything other than Paul's gospel? And that's, I mean, uh, Paul's ministry, Paul's theology. So there were many books. There were many epistles written by other apostles that did not make it into the canon, what we call the Bible, because they didn't speak specifically to the Gentiles. So what you see now, from Constantine forward, what you have is a false church. But it's wrapped up within the apparatus of the true church. And only to the time of maturity where you can distinguish between that which is authentic in regards to truth and that which is a fake, it couldn't come about until the time of harvest, and that's the time that we're living in. So the transition that the church is going through right now is because the Most High, by, the will, by his will and by the service of his, of his servants, are now causing a ruckus and causing people to put the church under in Christianity under inspection. Now that's right there on a theological level. 
But if you look at even our past previous election, and when they go up with this situation with Donald Trump, uh, when we saw the character of Donald Trump, it was almost asinine for any of us to concede to believe that white Christians would vote for such a man with such a despicable, contemptible disposition. But yet they did, because they were not voting for what was right. They were voting for white supremacy. And now when you come to that, and, and, and so when we talk about white supremacy and Christian, last point, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what are you saying, sir? I just say very true. Yeah, and so when, and, and, and voting for that, and so what that did, there's a scripture in Romans, and it talks about those who hold the truth in unrighteousness. But that is our white Christian so-called brothers. The question is, are they really brothers? Are they really spiritual, born-again believers committed to the kingdom of God? Are they committed to their own political agenda? Because if they've been committed to their political agenda, that means that they're divided. So they can't be really committed to the kingdom of God. And therein lies the problem. And as a result, there are now Christianity has come under contempt. And the scripture is being fulfilled, he says, because for this cause, for you holding the truth and unrighteousness, he says, my name, Yah's name, Yahweh's name, is being blasphemed among the heathen. So they have represented him, but they have taken his name in vain because they had their own agenda. And many people within this culture are totally rejecting any type of religion, especially Christianity. And therein lies the problem. Now, in the black church, now you've got things going on where the biggest problem of the issue, because anytime you get a people who have come from a marginalized situation, coming from a marginalized past and trying to find their way within the larger community, then you're going to find the people who are in a struggle. People who, for the most part, are relegated to the outside, to the outskirts of, of society. And that's African-American people. So what did they do with that? How did they corrupt it? They came in with a gospel called the gospel of prosperity. Because you're promising them something. You're promising them the same thing that your white Christian brothers and sisters already have. But what so many of those black Christians and brothers forgot, that the reason that we didn't have them because it was our white Christian and brothers that deprived us of them, that stood in the way. That's why we can get a loan for a car, we can get a loan for a mortgage, but we can't get a loan for a business because they don't want to empower us. So what's been on my mind is the church, not Christianity so much anymore, because I found, just like you talked about that issue of distrusting these men on certain issues. Well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me years ago, and he said that the only way that you can tear down the strongholds, mental strongholds in people's mind about a person, a people, or institution is you have to get them to develop distrust in that institution. And once you get them to no longer have trust in that institution or that institution becomes plausible or questionable, now you can now impart in them the truth. And the truth crushed the earth will always rise again and supersede over a lot. And that is what's taking place right now. Because, again, when we go down and we look at the scriptures, we, for instance, this. I have always heard people say, yeah, but God is in control. No, God is not 
in control of the affairs of men on this planet. Yahweh Shad Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ said it himself in John fourteen thirty that Satan is that 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 Satan is the prince of this world. If you go to Second Corinthians four and three four, it says he calls him the God of this world. No, God is not in control. The only control that God is able to activate and operate within this realm is through spirit-filled, born-again believers. Whether you're the Jew or Gentile, spirit-filled, born-again believers, because it is us who is impacted with. And then in this hour. Our job is to expose the evil, wicked deeds of darkness with the light of the truth and the light of the gospel of the kingdom. And I do not care what people say. There is no more than 10% of churches in America that are preaching that truth. Because the thing is that we have to ask ourselves, Brother Seth and others, how is it that we can come to an understanding that God is now fulfilling the prophecy of Ezekiel 37 where he's bringing the bones of Israel together because aren't some people supposed to be hearing from the same Holy Spirit that we hear from? So why do they not hear? It's because they have a different agenda. They are that which Timothy talks about who basically who think gain is godliness. And this is not a new trend right now in the United States in the church because I went to ORU about, and matter of fact, Seth was part and partial, instrumental, and encouraged me to go to ORU, which is something that I, I thank God for, and I thank Seth for encouraging me to do it because even when he encouraged me to do it, I wasn't going to do it. So I had something happen in my life that one of my person, I was a personal fitness trainer, and the personal fitness trainer got wind that I had to take some students back to ORU, and she asked me, have you ever considered about attending an ORU? And I told her, yeah, I said, I got a friend. He's always talking to me about going to ORU. I really don't have no intentions on going. I don't think it's my thing. I took them to ORU. I came back a week later. It's my birthday. I get a packet in the mail, admission letter from ORU. I know I didn't send for it. I asked Seth that he send it. He didn't. It was one of my clients as a personal fitness trainer. So, and this wow. happens to be a Caucasian wow. female. Uh, a Caucasian female, and I just say that for point because I tell people that, you know, when we're teaching this truth because it's so hard, people can easily get the perception that we're racist. We're not racist. We just deal with reality, and we deal with reality from the basis and the orientation of the scriptures. But we are not racist because Seth will tell you as well as I, I have had plenty of incidents and situations in my life that were for my benefit where God used white people to intervene and bless me. One of them very conferences that Seth was talking about at Kenneth Copeland's Believers Conference, I remember uh, Seth was there at the time, and we were there, and we were on the floor. And I think uh, the convention sent a whole of about 15,000 people, and the place was packed. And there was a guy sitting way up in the nosebleed, and he saw me. And this was pre-me going to ORU. This was the, like the uh, summer before, no, there was, this was the, yeah, it was the end of the summer because I went, in, I think in January, but it was pre then. And that guy saw me, and he ran all the way down the bleachers, all the way down that big old ring to get to that floor to catch me before I could leave. And he walked up to me, and he said, I don't know who you are. He said, but the Holy Spirit put my gaze on you, and you stood out like a bright light, and I knew I had to get to you because God told me to bless you. That man took off his watch. He had a gold quartz watch. 
And he put that watch on my arm, and he said, Nip, anything that you need while you're at ORU, contact me because I'm not through blessing you. So that's just one of many, 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 many incidents and situations I could tell you many about. Many blessings. So, Amen. And, and, God, and God did that intentionally because he knew the route that he was taking me. And I had to have a balance. I had to have a situation in my life that would endure me to even to those people who, according to Scripture, we're in the land of our enemies. But he still endured me to them as much as he endured me to Brother Seth or anything else. As a matter of fact, one of the guys who was the groom, the groomsman in my wedding was a white couple who was a very dear brother to me. So I thank the most high for the, I thank the, most high for the journey that he's taken me. So at this point, everything now is coming to full force, full, full front. Amen. And I'm saying, people, is this. Is this is that God is doing something, and that like what Seth is doing right now, and Seth, your next step should probably be is maybe do you a a, a YouTube a radio show as well as this because that people that's what these people are going to these people who are coming out of these churches, these people who are coming out of organized institutionalized religion where they're getting. The word, whatever degree of they're getting it now, they're getting it via the Internet. And so that's why we have to take the, what we do here and what Seth spent an hour basically making you all aware of the seriousness of what we do. Because literally what I just said and what I'm doing right now, this short period of hour, I spent half of the first half of my day preparing for because I take it seriously, because I consider an assignment from God, from the Most High, from Yahweh. And I understand that there are people out there who are hungry, who are hungry. But there are many voices and many deceptions. And one of the greatest deceptions, and I can boldly say it now because I've been thoroughly convinced and revealed and validated through the scriptures. And one of the great deceptions is, is the religion of Christianity. And that's why I come, it's come under such, such, such now interrogation in regards to its beliefs. And what is happening is that those people who know the truth, they won't tell the truth. And the reason they won't tell the truth because is what a scripture I just referred to in 1 Timothy 6, verses 3 through 6, it says these are the people who have become enemies of the cross, who teaching that Dane is godliness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 3, 13 through 15, that, that it says, that Satan presents himself as an angel of light and says that he presents his servants as ministers, apostles of righteousness. And, and people, I venture to tell you by the power of the Holy Spirit and the clarity of the truth that comes from the word of God, that 90% of these televangelists are those people that Paul was referring to. Because what do they think? They teach on righteousness. There's only one religion. It was oriented in righteousness, and that's Christianity. So I tell people, it's time to do. It says that, it says that the church, it says the church of Berea were not those at Thessalonica. It says that they searched the scriptures to see if the things that are being taught by the apostles were true. And people, it's time well, now that you need to get into the word for yourself. You need to study the show well, yourself let me, let me, working let me. that needed not to be ashamed. Let me say this. Well, uh, okay. Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead. Because um, as a moderator, as a um, 
doing this show, I try to think like people listening. If we was to right now take out the uh, radio, turn on the tele, te, televangelist right now, right now, I think you're going to have a hard time proving what you just said. You said 90%. Oh, yeah, oh, it would be very easy. And the reason why, because I can tell you what they're preaching right now. I can tell you what they're preaching right now. Okay. They are preaching prosperity. They are okay. preaching. Now, they, hold, they, hold, on, fact, hold on, hold on, okay, hold on, hold on, listen, good. listen. I guarantee you, if I get up right now, my wife is in the living room with my grandson. Otherwise, I would do it. I would literally do it. And I can do it on the Internet but it would take some time to log into TBN and Daystar. And, but I guarantee you there is somebody talking about prosperity. Guarantee you. But I guarantee you most of them are not talking about prosperity. They're probably talking about all kind of things. And my concern is this, LSU. This is just my concern with you. Now, you heard me first say before you even came on, I don't trust white males where it relates to talking about black people. I don't. Some people say, well, you're throwing a blanket of all white men, all, all white people? Probably so. But I just feel like, I put it like this, I'm, I'm on high alert. It don't mean they can't say something profound about black people. But I'm on high alert that you may be hearing racism because they struggle with it, just like I'm on high alert when I hear black ministers talk about certain things. There's some things we struggle with as a people. Elishua, I think you have seen some ugly church activity. And every time you come on this show, you got something to say about the church. And at first I'm like, well, what is going on? But maybe it's a calling because I talk about white supremacy like that. And people probably get tired and say, bro, why is everything white supremacy? You must have a problem with white people. They probably say the same thing about me. So I'm careful now how I talk to you and anybody else that constantly talk about something because maybe the Father is using you to say something over this network to people. So I want to make it crystal clear where I stand, and I want you to make it even clearer for the rest of the show how you stand. We ain't got about 15 minutes, though. So we got to wrap up at 10. But I just want to say this, first of all. I do not agree that 90% of preachers is teaching. I think they're in and out of it. I think a lot of preachers jump on the bandwagon, and they'll talk like it's, got, it's, it's time for you to get yours. And it is time for you to get yours if you're obedient. Uh, God is not the author of poverty. That's true. God wants you to prosper and be as good as good health. That's true. So a lot of them say little things because that's the popular thing to say. But to present them as though, and you may not be saying it quite like this, but this is how it sounds to me. Because if Christianity all of a sudden is on the fire, and it should be because of a lot of things being said, but it's just the present the presentation just sounds like 90% of these preachers can't believe them. They, they're off. And I don't believe that. I think, a hundred percent of them. Hold on, last thing, last thing, because you went for about 30 minutes. Hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Okay. Hold on a second, because you're about to get the mic for 15 minutes. If you can just hold that, you can talk uninterrupted till 10. But I just believe this, and this is this is, this is is just me and the brother Elisha going to tell you what he believes. I believe a hundred percent of them, a hundred percent of them, all of them, including, including your pastor listening right now, I think all of them, 
It's talking about prosperity. And I don't think it's nothing wrong that you prosper. This is why I have trouble with black ministers. Now I'm talking about black ministers just for about 30 seconds. I have a problem with black people because they have a poverty mentality. So when I hear black folk talk about money, my the same red flags go up with them because I know a lot of them on poverty, trying to be humble. The father is not in it. So I, 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 there's extremes with different people, but I don't. I think all ministers go in and out of this prosperity thing. Uh, some of it's exception, some of it's not. Uh, people give Creflo Dollar a hard time right now because he's saying everything I taught about tithing was wrong. Well, guess what? A lot of people know that they taught wrong, and they ain't gonna come on there and apologize. Now, some people say, "Well, he may be apologizing. He's getting ready to lose money." Probably is. Probably is. He probably realized, folks. So you about to get it, brother. So all I'm saying is, I don't know. I'm not the judge of that brother's heart. Do I think he's saying that because he's getting caught? Yes. But let's just say, what if he is saying that because he got caught? What if he is saying that because his money looking funny? What if he is saying that because he's losing money? Does that mean he a false prophet? Does that mean he don't know God? Does that mean he of the devil? Does that mean everything he's doing, he of the devil? He's on Satan's side. He's going to hell. I can't say all that. Maybe he's wrestling with that like I'm wrestling and with And neither did I, sir. I'm not saying you said that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It sounds like LSU. Last thing. Last thing. I promise you. Last thing. I promise you. Because you've been holding it, but keep it. You know. All I'm saying is it sounds like it. Now you saying ninety percent of you can't trust. Blah 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 blah. All I'm saying is this. I don't believe it. I think it's just the opposite. Ninety percent of them are probably born again. Ten percent of them are straight up wolves. Ain't born again. And lead people astray, straight up about money. I think 90% of them have weaknesses. Probably uh, 50% of that 90% have money as a weakness. And I just, I'm just scared to death to write some people off as not born again. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, and that is exactly what the enemy wants. Because then we're, we're afraid to call things out and deal with them as they are because we're afraid because we have been taught through our, through our form of religion that if we address people who are false prophets, false apostles, that somehow we're going to come up under curse. But the Apostle Paul didn't do that. And I stand here and tell you that you and I walk in the same degree of, 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 scriptural, of spiritual authority as Apostle Paul did. Apostle Paul has no more authority when it comes to the word of God than you and I. Because the same Holy Spirit that taught the Apostle Paul also taught you and I. And if we can see things that we know are inconsistent with the word of God, it is our duty, yea, our responsibility and obligation to call those things out, lest other people come and be deceived, and they lead them into the den of darkness. And that is exactly what's happened, and that's exactly what's taking place, because we have been motivated by fear rather than motivated by truth and led by the Holy Spirit. Now, again, you added a lot of things to that that I didn't imply that these people were. All I said is that I would do things that, I, that you did say, and I will say this. Creflo Dollar is a false prophet because Creflo Dollar, even by his admission that he taught wrong, that makes you a false prophet. What makes a person a false prophet is that they do false teaching, and that's exactly what he did. And he has not repented because I can run you a clip right now where he said that even though he taught tithing wrong, he did not apologize for it. And the only reason he got up there to what he's doing right now is because he's afraid he's about to die. 
Now, if you go back, I can show you clips and you can see. He's sick. He even mentioned his sickness. So when mortality faces us, all of a sudden we're not concerned with appeasing people anymore, though he still lives because he still wants that money. And I even saw him here in this city immediately after he made that admission. And he got right back up on that podium, Kenneth Copeland's podium, Southwest Believers Convention. And after he taught his message, he spent the last 20, 30 minutes engaging the same nonsense. Now, I want to say, just read something in Contrary to the Scriptures. It's 1 Timothy 6 and 3. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but dotting about questions and strife of words wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evils, and rises. It says, now, there are perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds, and they are destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, and from such withdraw thyself, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So I acknowledge the person, even if he does have a poverty spirit. I would rather go out on the other side of the kingdom thinking I was wrong and having a poverty spirit rather than to lose my soul pursuing riches. And that is exactly what this gospel has done. And as a result, it has frustrated a lot of people because as even my publisher told me one time who used to push this gospel strongly, and he said, confess to me one day, and he said, L, he said, you know what? I came to a conclusion out of publishing hundreds of books and reading hundreds of materials and going to many conferences, that the only people who got wealthy off of the prosperity doctrine were the preachers and the teachers who was teaching it and preaching it. But the people were still suffering. And many of them got discouraged because they were believing for things that God never promised them or told them that was theirs. So again, I go back to the scripture because most of what I just said previously and regarding to these people, I took it from the word. That's why I got myself fit right there just to read the word out. And the fact of the matter is, is that when we teach the word, we have a double judgment. When we teach false doctrine, when we teach doctrines, seducing spirits, doctrines of demons, we have a false judgment that we have a double judgment that comes upon us who are called to this ministry of reconciliation. We have a double judgment that comes upon us. And I differ with that set. Because if you turn on that TV right now, you're going to hear one or two things. You're going to hear some variation of either prosperity or white supremacist theology, doctrine in regards to Christianity, in regards to the gospel. You're going to see one or two. If you go to TBN, if you're looking for a black minister, I can tell you he don't come over one time in a 24-hour period every five days a week. There are no more black ministers on TBN. Because what's happening is that many of these ministers, even them that are in this grief, they're realizing how racist those people are, especially after the founders have gone since they've been deceased. If you go to Daystar, Daystar has come under so much judgment, you can see the change in the transition. Because these people are not teaching the truth. That's why people are leaving. That's why I ask people, everybody who says, who, who, who says okay, I don't get it, I just ask them, why are people leaving the church? Nobody wants to see the answer to where's prosperity, where's this. No, no, no. Today, just today, this week alone, there was a man who went off on his congregation, a black pastor, because they didn't buy him a Mabato watch. He called them cheap. He defamed them, belittled them. This is going on all around this country. 
And if you're not doing the research, I think that you just shouldn't speak on it until you're actually investigating and seeing what I'm talking about. I just happen to have a lifestyle by the grace of God, though it's modest, that affords me the time to research and investigate this stuff. And Ella I don't sure. bring no fuck out Let me say this to you, brother. Please listen. Number one, can you calm down? That's number one. Nobody is talking. You got the mic. I'm not interrupting you. I told you you can go to 10. You got another whole seven minutes. You're just hollering. I know you're going to say, oh, that's just me. I'm full of. Just hear me out. Hear me out just for a second. Hear me out, brother. Just hear me out because I don't mind you sharing. People are listening, but people don't like getting yelled at, man. We hear okay, you. I, I tell you this, this, Present your okay, truth. I, Present your truth. People, I ain't going to say nothing for the next forgive, seven minutes. Forgive Go me ahead. for my tone and forgive me for my volume, but I am not just talking. I am preaching. Well, let me just say this. Okay. I'm doing it now, Seth. I'm doing no, this request. I'm about to get a mic to I'm you for exactly seven minutes. Hold on. For seven minutes, uninterrupted. I'm just jumping in just to say this. I'm jumping right out. Just control yourself enough for me to say this. We just got to calm it down a little bit. I know you're upset. Everybody hear that. Everybody know that. There's not a person on the sound of my voice. Thank you, not upset. So we got that. He's angry. He's pissed. He's livid. We got it. But people don't like just being yelled at for 15 minutes straight. So I hear you. You're getting it out, and I think it's some truth to it. But I don't want people to tune you out, and they need to hear what you've got to say. So I'm, I'm backing out, and I will say this. When you said to make the one little comment you made, when you said, please do the research first, you know, I don't know. We probably live in two different worlds, but I just got through listening to earlier. Several people blessed by the prosperity message. The winning got their businesses and doing well, and, and they had a poverty mentality, all kind of folk that's been blessed by that. So there are people walking out of poverty and living a better life because of the prosperity. It's just that it's an extreme in some ways, and then there's a balance. So all of it ain't bad. So I just throw my little two cents there in. Go ahead. You can go to 10. Okay. Um, Let me correct some things. If I can correct this, uninhibited, uninterrupted. Let me correct some things. I'm not mad. I'm very passionate because there's a spirit that compels me to do so. Just like Jeremiah, a lot of people don't even know the circumstance and the context when Jeremiah said that that word was in me like fire shut up in my bones. So let me give you briefly that context. Jeremiah was in a dungeon for speaking the truth. And he was upset with the most high because he realized every time he spoke the truth, he got severely persecuted. And even while he was in that dungeon, he said, he said, you fooled me. He said, I thought I was going to be blessed, but I got persecuted. He said, but nevertheless, I could not contain the word within me because it was like fire shut up in my bones. And so, like I said, I'm doing more than just speaking. I was actually preaching because it's real simple. That's what I've been compelled to do. I'm not angry. I walk in love with everybody. But as one who is prophetically called in nature and prophetically called according to the fivefold ministry gift, I'm no different from Jeremiah who said, I'm no different from Isaiah. Cry loud and spare not. Show my people their sins. And show the people of Israel their wickedness. And this is exactly what the situation and the condition that we're in. We're living in sin. We're living in wickedness. The church no longer impacts and influences the world. Now the world is impacting and influencing the churches. We got witches and warlocks dictating what's going on in churches. And the problem is, is that we want to walk around and keep acting as if though it doesn't exist. Because we don't want that contempt to come up on us because we've been associated with it. 
But I'm humble enough to say, yeah, I was in it for years. But guess what? Just like the Apostle Paul, when he got the revelation from the Most High, he went away 13 years. He wasn't submitted to no church. He wasn't submitted to no one. He went and studied and researched and sought the face of the Most High for 13 years and then came back with a revelation that impacted and changed the world for the last 2,000 years. Because what the last 2,000 years we've been hearing is not the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is what the Messiah taught and what he told his disciples to talk. We've been hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's more to the kingdom than just, there's more to the kingdom and just the entry key that enters in. And so everybody's voice is quiet, and literally, while we're doing that, people are literally going into the lake of fire. People are literally being deceived each and every day. The scripture talks about the great deception. And I'm going to tell you right now, why come I say it? It's because there are people. Why, do I, why am I so passionate about it? Because I hear souls. I see souls in the pit, in the lake of fire. And it's my job that whether they hear me or not hear me, to speak to that man and tell him the truth. Because if I do not, his blood will be upon my hands. And I have given my entire life to this, and I'm not going to come this far to park out. So the reality is, is that the church is in a transition. Things are changing. People are changing, and if we don't change, we'll get rolled over with the change because it's going to happen whether we want to accept it or embrace it or not. I'm not here condemning everybody. I don't condemn them preachers. I don't say a false prophet is beyond salvation, but he shouldn't be teaching the word of God. He shouldn't be influencing people in deception. I guarantee you if he committed fornication and y'all knew about it, you want him to sit down. But what if he's being seduced by a doctor, seduced by a spirit, by demons that giving him doctrines of demons? I just want to. And I said, and I quickly, and my last really point, quickly, I said, really I'll never retire. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. My last point. Hold on. Hold on a second. My last point. Those of you that call the phone line, uh, those that call, just listen to the show, you didn't call the phone line. If you want to ask Brother LSU a question, you must call the phone line because you're going to be disconnected in 30 seconds. Call the phone line if you just listen to the show uh, on the Internet, uh, 914-205-5590. It should be right in front of you there, 914-205-5590. you got about 15 seconds to call if you want to keep listening to the show. Otherwise, you're gonna to have to listen after it goes uh, after this, uh, after we finish up here in a, in a few minutes. Go ahead, Brother Bellasio. Yeah, my last point, and I differ when it comes to the doctrine of prosperity. I believe the doctrine of prosperity is a doctrine of the demon, and I have proof and evidence over the last thirty years to show you it's a doctrine of the demon. Just because some people remember this, if the devil can get your soul, he don't mind getting you money. The most wealthiest people on this planet are on the highway to hell to the lake of fire. So just because somebody sees things happen, because here's the thing about it, the devil don't mind blessing you, quote, unquote, blessing you if it can get you away from your relationship and your intimacy with God, and now you're concerned about your wealth, concerned about a job. I just read the scripture. We're not supposed to think that way. We're supposed to have what is this? Contentment with godliness. That's what the word of God preaches. No, in almost every scripture that they teach on prosperity, years ago I couldn't do it. 
But now I can see it. I can sit down with them and go back to back and show them how they take those scriptures out of context. I did it a couple of shows ago, one ship scripture where it talks about hold, hold fast to the profession of your faith and how Kenneth Copeland took that and turned it into a doctrine of confession that is not in the scriptures. And in the confession is for what you want, what you believe in for God, and that is not in the scriptures. And I can tell you to many scriptures up and down that could do that because, again, they took people from the sincere devotion of truth of God. Remember, people, we're called to be servants. We were called to serve our brothers and sisters and to serve mankind. And we were called to be a light and a witness to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. And that he rose again. And that he said if we're to follow him, we must take up our cross daily and die to ourselves and die to the world. We should not have no desire to want to be like the world in any form or fashion. Because if we do, that means we have carnality in us. So, again, I'm not just saying, no, 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 no. Coming in people and saying people can't be saved. Like I said, you can do all of that and you can still be saved. What I'm talking about is that you should not be standing in the pulpit. You should not be standing up with a mic, misleading God's people and deceiving God's people and leading them into the pit of hell. And that's my beef if I got a beef. But I don't have no beef at no one individual because I'm very clear who my enemy is. I wrestle not against flesh and blood, or not uh, 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 flesh and blood, but wrestle against spiritual powers, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Demons like white supremacy, demons like Christianity, those are the demons that I'm upset with. I'm not upset with any man, any human man, black, white, Puerto Rican, Arab, Chinese, European. No, I have a love of God shit abroad in my heart for all, and I don't even see any of them deceived. I'm done, sir. Back over to you. Well, I just want to say for those that have ears to hear, hopefully you heard, heard, and heard. Uh, Brother Elishua is serious. I know for a fact he studied. I know for a fact he loved the Father. And um, I'd be lying if I say he didn't. And I would also add, so do I. Y'all, you know, you know, I, I, I agree that there is a lot of, doctrine in the churches that's got to go. I've been speaking out against the church so much so often that people think I'm not born again. But I like it, but LSU will try to tell them that I'm not against the church. I'm against false doctrine. But I have had to repent because for whatever reason, I can't speak to LSU, but if I know Brother Seth, people have constantly misunderstood me and thought I meant all Christians or I'm done with Christianity and I'm like no 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 I'm not speaking out and so I've learned to just slow it down and just say certain a certain way because I don't know why these folks just can't get certain things, why they keep getting stuff wrong and then somebody may say, Well if they keep getting it wrong it must not be them, it must be you So I come to realize, you know what, maybe it is me. So LSU have explained himself. He have told y'all who he was talking to, who he wasn't. There's no need to me coming behind him and saying anything. All right, that was Brother LSU. Only thing I would say is this about prosperity. It is true. A lot of that is straight up doctrines of devils. End of story. 
as far as that comment. I will add another comment to say poverty equally is of the devil. And black people, my people, Israelites, one of the things they've done, and the reason when, when red flags go up when they talk about prosperity is because our people have been buying all kinds of humility lies. I was raising a project. That's all I heard was just people being humble, religious spirits. And so that's why I think a lot of us are so susceptible to this lie, prosperity, because we felt the pain of poverty and embarrassment, and and we just want out so bad. And so we're more easy and gullible as a people to believe this doctrine of demon, as Brother Elishua said. Having said that, uh, equally, Satan can use you, trip you up, hinder you, as far as the gospel of poverty. So... Folks, you got to be very careful on this earth. If things are not as clear as I would like for them to be, you would like for them to be. Satan is no joke. And the Bible says if the Father don't shorten the time, none of us will make it. If that say, if he says, he actually said the, the very elite of us would make it. You see the very elite of us, the scripture says. And I'm rushing y'all, bear with me with my scripture quoting. But if the Bible says if the Father don't shorten the time, Satan will be able to fool the very elite of us. Who are the elite of us? Who are the most clever of us? It's got to be somebody not cursing, somebody using big words, somebody graduated from theological seminary, somebody with a big following. It's got to be somebody like that. So if Satan can fool them, what's he going to do with the rest of us? So all I'm saying is be very careful. We try our best to get out truth on this network like we say so often. We only thing we're trying to talk about on this network is things the Father really, really is saying. We try to talk about what the Father really, really, really is saying. All jokes aside, we try to talk about what the Father is really saying within the earth today that you cannot hear in religious institutions and you can't hear them in churches. That's what we specialize in, seem like. We don't run from no topic, no arguments, no religion, no people. That's what we try to do on the Five Soul Network. We've been doing it for many years. I've had on Egyptologists all types of people. I should say Egyptologists, but those that study Kemet and a lot of truth that come out of that camp, we allow that truth. We welcome the, the glory of the motherland. We ain't hating on them, but we... Where there's error, there's error. Else Egypt wouldn't have fell in the first place. Kimmy wouldn't have fell in the first place. We listen to Hebrew, Hebrew Israelites, Messianic, non-Messianic. We listen to atheists. We listen to everybody. So y'all have to listen to these shows and pray about it and see what the Father would have you say. So you heard Elishua. Don't need me going behind him. All right? So, again, you're tuned to the Fossils on Network. Uh, tonight, uh, second half of the show, we was joined by Elishua, uh Israel Ellison. Uh, and I just thank him for his time, Brother Elishua. Really appreciate it. I want you to give last words, and we're going to wrap up this show, please. Okay, so I'm sorry. I was on mute. Um, yeah, real last, one, one little last incident in the scripture. Last, this incident. The prosperity doctrine has been taught for 40 years. I witnessed something every time I went to a conference, every time I went to a church meeting, church service, where prosperity doctrine was taught. 
they ended it with an altar call. Carrying is the problem. This is why I say a lot of those people are not, they're not born again. It's because they did not come with a repentance of their sins. They came seeking a better life. They did not understand that they were sinners, sold unto destruction, wretched before God. They did not come to that awareness. And many of them are not at that awareness to this day because they came looking for a better life. They came pursuing the American dream through the magic of prosperity doctrine. First, First Timothy 6, 6. But godliness would contain is great, is, contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we were kept. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men into dis- in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, this is what I'm talking about, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession that Yahweh HaMashiach, Jesus Christ is Lord, and that he has risen from the dead, taken on my sins. He completed and walked the law and fulfilled the law for 33 years and never sinned. And was, and was assassinated, crucified, buried, and resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that same Holy Spirit now resides in every again believer. And the same victory that he walked in, we can walk in. All praise and glory unto Yahweh Shad HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, and Yahweh our Elohim. Y'all have a blessed night. Seth, I think your music is on. Thank you, thank you for reminding me. Sorry about that. Again, folks, we had this meet on because I'm rushing to go to work. I don't want y'all to hear all this noise in the background. Please forgive us for the meeting, but we need that to keep a quiet show. Uh, Ella Shore, I'm going to say this to you, brother, and I'm going to sit on with you on the line so you won't feel like I'm taking a pot shot after you hang up. After, after you hang up. I hear you about the altar call, and I don't know if I agree. This is just me talking. You can have any last words if you want. But we're wrapping up. We are, and I'm not trying to have a long conversation, but I'll say this much. Just because somebody comes to the Father for a better relationship or more or, or prosperity, um, they, they come to the church because life is so rough. And it might start off with money. But money, not having money can cause... All kind of problems, okay? It can cause people to kill themselves. And there they are with the gun, and they say, no, I'm going to put the gun down. I'm going to try harder, and they go to church. But but the money was the real reason behind a lot. It ain't, it ain't the only reason, because there's an emptiness that money can't feel, but they don't know all that, and they think it's money. So they go to church, and they hear somebody talking about God wants to prosper us, and we don't have to be broke, and they hear all that, and... They hear the prosperity message. They hear that God has a better life for you and come to him. Now, people don't always come to God for the right reason. People come to God because they get, want to get healed. They go down there to get healed. They end up getting healed. And while they heal, they end up getting born again because they, they find out the power of God is real. 
or they may see the power of God in the message of prosperity and realize, you mean to tell me I don't have to be broke, that God want me rich? Are you are his man serious? How God want us all prosper? Is this, they can see God's love even in prosperity message. Because poverty is just the extreme opposite. It's like you can't have, you can't have, you're supposed to suffer, you can't have, you can't have, no, your kids got to go without, you got to suffer. So if you hear somebody saying, no, the Father wants you to have his best, he wants you to enjoy, he wants you to live long, he wants you to have, be able to give to others, you got to be able to bless folks with a car. That means you got to have thousands in the bank to do that. can't bless somebody with no car with $5 in the bank. So if you hear that, that can be a blessing. Now, I can't say that people come to God for the healthiest reason, which is Him. Him. Not stuff, Him. But I can't say that everybody that comes to the Lord came for Him. But they came. So for all to call at a prosperity meeting, bring people to the Lord, now do I believe all of them have a genuine conversion and end up in love with Him? I can't say that. Some of them may very well be what you just said. they just all about money. But sometime in the walk with the Father, in church, you see people with different walks. Everybody don't know him. Some people don't know they pimping God. I live that life. I pimped him. It's the only calling when I needed him. That's a weak Christian. But that is yet, they still can be born again, though. So, just want you to kind of say that on what you said about every altar call they had, people go down there and they just, I don't know that everybody going to the altar is, is and I don't know if you're saying, you're saying this, but it just sounds like it again. You know, I just wanted to say what I said, which you on the air, which you on the line, I'm about to wrap the show, and I wanted your line open. If you want to say something real quick, fine. I'm about to close out the show after that, though. Okay. Okay, Seth. Um, only thing I can say is that America has a warped sense of what prosperity is. There are people who in Africa who have hardly nothing. They eat one meal a day, and they're content. They're not killing themselves. They're living. America has a warped sense of what prosperity is. I stay in a two-bedroom apartment. For most people in Africa, in China, in other words, two-thirds of the people of the world, two-thirds of the people of the world, they would consider this a mansion because that's prosperity then. What we consider prosperity is actually greed. And the last thing I would say, as far as people coming to an altar call, I'll just tell you what John the Baptist says. Oh, you generation of vipers, who has told you to come and repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Bring forth to you, to me. Bring forth, not to him, but to God. Fruit Meet for repentance. We have to realize we're a sinner, not that we want a better life. When we realize that we're a sinner, that we were born into sin, when we come to that reality and confess our sins before God, acknowledge and confess our sins before God, then it says that he's faithful in justice, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us all in righteousness. That's the gospel. And anything else that I know, it's basically is a hypothesis that I cannot see or reconcile with Scripture. Because as for me, I can't go by anything else but the Scriptures. I can't even go by what my opinion is. It's only the Scriptures. 
And the scripture says that in order to be born again, in order to, be, to be, receive repentance for your sins, you have to confess them. You have to acknowledge them. And with that, I'm done. Thank you. Got your mute button on again, sir. Oh, boy, I tell you, I'm glad you're on the show with me because I would have messed up again, folks. Actually, if you had been on the show, uh, if I'd been on by myself, I probably would never mute myself. Seth, that's so. one thing I want to say, and I want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity because I do not take this as a light thing. And I know that literally what I say on this show, that there are not probably 1% of churches in America that would open the door. I've been there. I've done that. I've known the reaction. So, again, I said thank you for the opportunity, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to decree the words of God as he has spoken to me to them. So I thank you for that. Well, I appreciate you, brother. Just like I promised, I was saying this while the mic was muted. Uh, as I promised, I'm going to go ahead and close out this show. Thanks again for you uh, uh, coming on, Brother Ellis. I always appreciate your gift. Know that. Know that, know that. Appreciate what the Father has put in you. Folks, been tuned to the Five Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth with Ella Shore, Ella, uh, Israel Ellison. This is the Five Stone Network. We'll be back on Thursday. And then remember, I'll go on vacation on Sunday. And I don't know if we're going to have a show Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. You, that's why I say follow the show where you'll get a message sent to your Facebook or your email or whatever you set up with Blog Talk Radio to be your notification uh, uh, destination. Folks, I'm going to go out with a song I think that that uh, will be very fitting for what we're talking about right now. Again, uh, I love, hold on, man. I just muted you. Hold on one second. Hold on a second. Let me unmute you. I'll just All right, you're unmuted now. Now, 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 now. Hold on. You're okay. unmuted now. You go ahead and say what you were saying. If anybody wants to contact me, they can contact me at Facebook at the name that Seth just gave him, Elishua Israel Ellison. You can inbox me for any information or anything that you need or just – you can guess the way you can contact All right. And uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and close out. Check out this last song. I think this is fitting. Again, I love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I should say we love every single one of you, and there's nothing you can do about it. We really mean that. All ethnic groups you love here on this Five Stone Network. Good night.
for sweet peace and for faith and for faith to increase. And I know you've been sincere. You've earnestly and fervently you prayed. But I wanted the young man to know that you just cannot have that. But you cannot love, cannot have Or be perfectly blessed. Or be perfectly None of that can happen until all, until everything. Come on and help me say, Why is your all on the altar?